It's Wednesday, May 30th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this week, we have the great opportunity to look at so many of the things that we're doing with Unadopted, and today, we are specifically looking at what we're able to do in Uganda, but from a different perspective. And so we've had interviews with Pastor Raphael. We've talked to our unadopted team about the goals and the vision and the mission of what we see uh, Lifeline doing in coordination with King Jesus Church in Uganda. But today we have two very special guests on the podcast who recently traveled to Uganda and were able to take a trip to Uganda and lead a team there. And we're going to get to hear from their perspectives. And so first, uh, Rachel Snell, who is uh, our supervisor for social services and so many of our states and specifically Georgia. And Rachel, you uh, were, had the opportunity to get to travel to Uganda. And I want you just to first introduce yourself and explain a little bit more about your role at Lifeline. Yeah, so I have been at Lifeline almost six years and I started out in our Georgia office and then moved to Birmingham. And a lot of what I do focuses on home studies and preparing families for adoption, specifically international adoption, um, and then supporting our staff in a number of states, one of those, a couple of those being Alabama and Georgia. So getting to work closely with those ladies there and um, just partnering with them and preparing families for adoption. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is interesting is the Lord had really just laid on your heart to go, to be engaged with something uh, deeper and bigger. And so uh, just just interestingly enough, just I think this really, and we'll talk about it more, it deepens what you get to do on a daily basis because it takes it outside of just a paperwork but into uh, the real life. And then Nisha Roberts is also with us, and Nisha uh, helps coordinate our unadopted program. And so, Nisha, explain a little bit uh, about your role and introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think through how to best describe my role because a lot of times people will ask that and I kind of giggle because it's hard to describe. Um, There's a lot of um, little tidbits that I do here and there and every day looks different. Um, But I think mostly the best description would be I get get a privilege to get to be a part of what Lifeline's doing through Unadopted. And that is basically furthering the gospel in places where um, maybe it's it's not very prevalent and maybe in the lives and um, in the homes of families um, and in the lives of children that are orphan or vulnerable children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks really different from day to day, but I get to, to work with some great people on the team here in the office and then get to partner and communicate a lot with, with our partnerships overseas. And that's in about 16 countries in different capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a lot of relationship building through email and phone and Skype. And then um there's a lot of advocating going on, so letting people know about these these um, partnerships that we have and really just helping to share what the mission is and ultimately to have advocates for that so they know what holistic orphan care looks like. Mm. And so, actually, Nisha, why don't we start with you? And you just talk about, from that vantage point of Unadopted, what the goal of this trip to Uganda was, and then and then we'll let Rachel kind of answer after that as well. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking through this as well. Um, it's really threefold. Um, you know, the number one priority is that we get to spread the gospel and share the gospel through our partners. 
um, just to help be um, a support to them to further what they're doing. And so um, this trip was no different. And we um, it was it was unique because it was all ladies. And so um, it was five women who went. And that's, I think, possibly the first time that that's ever happened um, to go to Busega. But the goal ultimately was to encourage the church members there at King Jesus Church and to encourage Pastor Raphael Kajubi and his family, um, so his wife and his four girls, and then um, and then ultimately to help spread the gospel. So whatever that looked like, it was it varied from day to day, but really just pouring into the work that the church is already doing um, and what they're already doing in the school that is there. Um, so that's one part. Another part is um, getting to see what God does in each team member's heart. I really love I really love that part because I know that God speaks to the team members when they're on a short-term missions trip. Um, they might have never traveled before. They might have traveled 15 times, but it never fails. Like God speaks to them because they're out of their comfort zone and they're doing things that um, is not their day-to-day norm. And they might be in a location that they've dreamed of going to for a long time. Um, we had someone on our trip, well, several people actually, but one one lady in particular who felt called to go to Africa for years and just time after time it didn't work out and it was I think because the Lord had specifically planned for her to be there in that time and space um and so that's neat to just see how God you know handpicks those people and um he impacts them through what they're seeing and experiencing and then lastly it kind of ties in with the team as well but um getting them to be able to see firsthand what orphan care looks like and so that's a big part of what Unadopted is about, too, is finding and growing and honing advocates for international orphan care, um, holistic international orphan care. And so, um, you know, just getting, once you're there, um, I think Rachel might share a little bit about this later, but talking about it, seeing pictures, watching a video maybe, those things are awesome and they give you a glimpse. But when you're there in person, that just makes a world of difference because you're seeing and smelling and touching and mm. doing and all of these things that I mean words and pictures just can't do so what would you say Rachel were the goals of your trip in going to Uganda yeah my goals were much simpler <laughs> um, I just really I wanted to go this is the partnership that I had heard about really since the beginning um, of my time at Lifeline and had heard story after story after story. And I do love to travel and and see different places and that sort of thing and had been talking about going on an unadopted trip for maybe about a year or so before that. And so this opportunity was presented and um, I just, I did, I wanted to go and see it. I wanted to see King Jesus Church and the school. Um, And then the more we prepared for the trip and that sort of thing, it became, um, and when we figured out and nailed down that it would be a women's trip I was even more excited that we would be spending time with other women encouraging them um, and that sort of thing so that was another goal for us too was just to encourage women that are part of King Jesus Church Um, and then some of the staff at the school even I feel like we were able to spend some time with them so those were those were kind of the big pieces that drew me to this particular trip. And so really you were a participant on this trip, and yes. but a unique participant because your day job is with Lifeline, mm-hmm. uh, but you were able to go and to be on the ground, and certainly you've been at Lifeline for a long time, but, but this gave you maybe a depth of understanding mm-hmm. that you didn't have before. So talk a little bit about how this trip just opened your eyes to really even the role you get to play mm-hmm. each and every day and how impactful that is. Uh, 
and, and talk about the differences before and after traveling to Uganda. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things was I hear a lot about vulnerable children. Um, and But to see that played out was huge. So to watch these children and to hear their stories and to see the community, that the children that are part of the deaf school um, come to, and to see the way that the gospel is shared with these children. Um, one of my favorite, I have a lot of favorite memories, but, and I don't know if you've been, but the chapel that they do each day at the school and kids call on each other to stand up and praise the Lord about something. Um, that was incredible to see like how these kids are being poured into, um, how the gospel is being shared with them. Um, and so I've heard that line so many times to, to take the gospel to orphan and vulnerable children, but I saw it happening. Um, was very impactful for me to, to see that and and it feels so special to be a part of it mm-hmm. um, we said so every time someone told us thank you we would say no thank you <laughs> um, and so that was really impactful to me to be a part of seeing it happening um, to come back and when I hear vulnerable children I see their faces mm-hmm. um, and when I hear Unadopted is doing a project in building relationships. I know exactly what it means to build a relationship with someone on the ground and to see their excitement when you visit them. And, you know, there were people that would want to update Nisha because, hey, remember the last time we Skyped and talked on the phone? Um, you know, this is what we said. Well, here's what's happened since then. So um, really just to, to sit in that and to see it happen, was it, it was very impactful. And... Um, and everything that we say is happening is happening. And, and I believed that, and I knew that that was true. But again, it, it's so much confirmation. And to see it, the gospel is going forward in Busega. Pastor is praying for his community. He walked us around the whole community and pointed out homes. He pointed out Muslim schools and churches and that sort of thing and told us, you know, his dreams for his community. And so to see that and for just a second to be a part of that was very impactful. And it's something that that anyone I think that that went on that trip can kind of bring home with them. Well, no, it's harder. It's harder to forget uh, the names and the faces of the children until Mm -hmm. you've seen them and you know Mm -hmm. them by name. And a lot of times we talk about the 153 million orphans, but to boil it down to say, Hey, here's this handful of kids Mm -hmm. that we're really reaching out to and really making an impact and really making a difference about one of the things I love when I have the opportunity to visit Uganda and you talked about this is the attitude of prayer that is there among King Jesus church. That's there among Alan, uh, that's there among pastor Raphael. And, and then that has just been really, you know, invested in these children. And so children that are coming from hard places and marginalized places and kids that were literally living on the streets Mm -hmm. are now a part of this community of prayer. And so really one of the things we want to do through our unadopted ministry is maybe everyone can't go and have that experience, but they all can pray and be praying with the church and praying with the students and praying for the school and specifically for our brother, Pastor Raphael. So Rachel, from your vantage point what are some things that people can be praying for for the church in Uganda and for Pastor Raphael in the school yeah um one of the things I thought about is just reaching their community um Nisha led um some discussion while we were there about who is our neighbor and reaching our neighbor um and that was great to hear people from Busega talk about how to reach their neighbor and, and how that would go so I would say to reach their community um 
there are other religious institutions trying mm-hmm. to reach folks there and so that that the gospel would go mm-hmm. forward um, and not the plans of these other of these other churches and these other institutions that are trying to move forward and yeah. um, and and kind of teach these children and um, their practices and that sort of thing and so um, I would say for unity in that church and then reaching their community and then I don't know if you want to add to yeah um this was actually a prayer request that pastor shared and he's actually shared it before so I think it's like an ongoing thing that we can continually pray for him but um you know like you look at the growth of the church like King Jesus Church in general it went from you know eight people maybe to probably two to three hundred people um just enormous growth and then you know the planting of the school and growth there with the students you know now up to 31 students um you know now two um blind kiddos and the rest of them are deaf um but just that growth in you know really people respecting pastor and those kinds of things but all of that could go straight to your head and you could really easily i think pat yourself on the back and start to get prideful and start to you know maybe let your heart go astray from really what God's called you to and so he even just shared you know pray that I would remain humble and I think he is I mean like I was gonna say one of the most humble people in leadership truly that I've met I mean he he is humble and I mean I think he knows that the gifts that God's given him and how he's been skilled but he doesn't let that God's given him the grace to not let that overtake the mission that he's given him and his family and so yeah just prayer prayer for him to continue to be humble and to lean on the good leadership that's there at the church he mentioned that you know (laughs) it was kind of a joke but he was like if he didn't have those deacons and the in the elders in the church and other servants you know like the youth pastor and these sorts of things I mean he said you would die (laughs) like he would a man would die if he tried to just do it all on his own and so um yeah I would just love I'd love to continue to pray for him he would be humble in his family too. Well, I know really too, I mean, Nisha, you've been working now almost a year with an adopted and you've been able to travel, but this was your first time as well to go to Uganda. So even from the perspective of getting to communicate with some of the folks on the ground and now being able to go see it, talk a little bit about maybe some of the ways that your understanding has grown as well. And then touch on some of the favorite parts of this trip. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I really echo what Rachel says in a lot of ways. Um, You know, it has been about a year now, and I've met Pastor before, and I met his wife, Alan, um, you know, here in Birmingham. But, and of course, communicate with them and know, you know, I know the faces of the kids that are at the school because of the sponsorship program. So I know their story, and, like, I can recognize their faces and things like that. Um, You know, I know all the details, the curriculum for at the school, what's happening in term one and two and three, and all of these logistical on paper details um but to get to walk through the community that that they feel called to and that they love I mean that's just a gift like it it's it is hard to describe in words but um you just feel like for instance when we walked around the town in Busega and you know went to all these locations and then we got to where the school is and like just immediately as you enter into the gates of the school you just you just feel kind of joy like you feel peace and I mean I think that is it's got to be the presence of the Lord truly it has to be and so 
just to feel that and to be able to experience that, I think I was trying to think of a, a succinct way to describe it, but I think um, the partnership there and all of the partnerships mm. that we have truly, but, but this one's also special. Um, it's like a hidden gem mm. in Lifelines Ministry, mm. I feel like. And I think that's because sometimes you, you don't get the full extent of it until you've really tasted it and seen and felt. Um, but I think that encourages me more to be able to advocate more. Um, and that does give you experience in your belt to say, okay, I've been there. I've seen it. Like I, I got to see the, you know, Adam and I got to see Harriet and these, you know, kids that are in the school and work alongside them and play with them. And, you know, they're real people. They're not, it's not just a picture and a name. Um, they're real kids that are beautiful. And, um, I think that actually makes me circle back a little bit to, um, one of the team members on our trip was a really special team member. Um, and she's a, she was 18, I think mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember exact age, but she's 18. Um, she's from China and, um, her, she's still getting her English under her belt. Like she speaks and she understands really well, but with the Ugandan accent, sometimes that's <laughs> a little difficult for all of us. But, um, but she was, she did, she was phenomenal on the trip. And, um, anyways, one of the times near the end of the trip, we were talking about, um, even just the concept of vulnerable children and the idea of, of suffering and the idea of poverty and, you know, the concept of God's sovereignty and all of that and those types of things. Um, she mentioned how, you know, from the world standard, you would imagine that these vulnerable kids or orphans would be really sad or, you know, be like those commercials you might see where kids are crying and they're starving. Well, kids are crying and they are starving, but her point was by the world standard, these kids should look really sad and disappointed and having a really hard time. Um, but she, she was taken aback at how filled with joy they were because they, they know the Lord and because they know the gospel and because they're cared for and loved well in the school, um, and through the church body. So it was just really neat to get to see, I mean, neat isn't a good word for that, but (laughs) it was really neat to get to see it. And, um, it does bring a whole new insight for my role. And then I'm talking a lot, but, um, the, one of my favorite parts of the trip was, um, so, you know, you have a schedule, you have a plan, you have an itinerary for things that will happen. And guess what? Sometimes they don't go as planned, which is really fun, but, um, sometimes can be irritating for people who are, you know, by the books. But, um, one of the times was like that in an afternoon. So we had extra free time at the school with the kids and we just didn't have anything planned. We didn't really know what to do. We were kind of like looking at each other like, well, what do we do now? We'll just hang out. Um, and I think somebody thought up, well, let's dance. Let's turn on the music and dance. And so the teachers went and got this huge speaker. They went and downloaded some music to put, you know, cause we were in, under this big tent in the afternoon and um, we had pretty much ample free time. Um, and so, so they went and got it all set up and everything. And, um, we did it. We taught them a few dances, you know, silly things like the Macarena and stuff like that. And they just loved it. Well, another part of that was a, these kiddos are deaf (laughs) and that did not stop, stop them like one iota from dancing and shaking it and, you know, going all over and just having a good time. Um, and so I loved seeing that, but, um, in the midst of that, there were, um, like right after we taught the real the like actual dances we just kind of goofed around and hung out and danced around with each other and there was three girls in my little group and it was Harriet and Kasache and Fatia 
And Fatia, the whole week, really, she's, I think she's still really struggling and kind of processing mm-hmm. her time at the school. Um, she's been there for a little while, but pretty much every time you'd see her, she would be maybe one of, really, maybe the only one, but maybe one of a couple who were much more reserved. They'd stay in the corner. They'd keep their head down. You know, they, they didn't really want to participate a lot not really smiling, you know, where all the other kids are run, running around and hugging and smiling and talking. And well, anyways, Harriet, Kasache and Fatia, we were in our own little circle and we were just dancing around and all three of them just had the biggest smiles. And so, I don't know, that just brought my heart a lot of joy just to be with them and to see them smiling and enjoying time with people. And it didn't matter. You can't hear, but that doesn't matter. You can still, um, enjoy music and dance and and that flips back to our life school school that was opened in january um the teacher at that vicky um she's learning um still in the process of learning sign language and so she's growing in that but she mentioned when she first started at the school she she came to realize that um sign language is spoken through the heart and so it just that makes me reflect on all of that you know like you don't have to be able to speak even the same language in some ways to share that joy and happiness so those are one of my favorite times Rachel touch on kind of the takeaway and just the favorite part of your trip yeah um one of my favorite days was on Saturday we were, when we were there we had a meal with some girls from a local Muslim boarding school um that Alan has developed a relationship with and so we had about 16, 16-year-olds, 16 um, that was the average age, um, come into one of um, le- one of the ladies from King Jesus opened her, her home to us, and we cooked an American meal, which was Mexican, of course. <laughs> um, we cooked that for the girls and just showed them how we did it, which was dumping things from cans into a pot. But anyway, we cooked it, and then they showed us how to make a traditional Ugandan dish as well, and we talked and it took a little over an hour to cook the food and that whole time we all got to stand in the same room and talk to each other and break off into little groups um and they asked questions about tv shows i watched and things that i did and i was able to ask them about their lives and um it's just really neat to sit and and i just that was another favorite part of my trip and it being a trip for women is just to sit around and talk with these girls Mm -hmm. and um and sit on the floor and eat with them and we played games outside and just laughed together and it was just really amazing that there was an opportunity for these girls to leave their school um and also there were women from the church there that they were interacting with so Mm -hmm. i know sometimes with trips there's that um kind of push and pull of we're here for a minute but we're going to be leaving um but those ladies will be there. That's yeah. their community. Mm-hmm. And so they were there as well, participating, telling the girls, you know, different things, playing. They played the games with us. Um, they ran around outside with us. And so um, that whole experience of seeing the Lord open a door for Alan to walk into that school and to take those girls into um, a, a believer's home and to just share food um which is something that i think across every part of the world means a lot to just sit down and eat together and so um that was really special to see um again that was one of those times where you hear about relationship but you got to be a part of that relationship um and to watch those girls and nisha told me and she might add to this that that relationship is continuing to grow and that there will even be the opportunity next time there's a team there for them to go into the school mm. and to potentially reach even you know that was right. that was 16 girls and I don't I don't know how many girls are at this school but there, there's more than 16 and so to reach a larger number of, of women and, 
and just continue to grow that that's incredible to me so and I would say I I agree and it's really it just goes to show like how continued partnership and relationship can build on Mm -hmm. on each other and yeah it's the first as far as I know the first time that this school has will allow like an American Christian team to come in to the school and so that's really awesome I mean we just found out about it last week and so I feel like that speaks to pastor and his and Alan's um like love of their community and commitment to prayer for their community you know that that's an obvious I think picture of how they invest in their community how the community sees the love of Christ through them and how they react to that so I just that was that was neat and one of my favorite days I smiled a lot that day (laughs) yeah well God invites us all the time into opportunities to show his love to others through what we do and how we care. And I just echo that Pastor Raphael and Alan are people of prayer. It's a community of prayer. And the Lord is opening up doors, but he's also opening up doors to their faithfulness as Muslims and as those who have no belief. And even as the witch doctors are starting to see the love of Christ flow through. And it really does show us that James one twenty seven is a two-part verse. It's pure and undefiled religion to care for orphans and widows and to keep ourselves unstained from the world by loving the world, caring for the world, and holding high the gospel of Christ. And so if you would love to join our unadopted team on a trip, we have an open trip September 10th through 18th to Uganda, and you too can have some of these experiences and be able to have your eyes open and to serve alongside of King Jesus Church as they care for the deaf and blind in Busega, Uganda. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.